time has afforded us so many things. And I think it's afforded healing and it's for, you know, afforded forgiveness and so much grace and growth and so many great chapters. And I wouldn't take any of those bad chapters back because it's really triggered who I am. Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast, a weekly show focused on inspiring you to live your own great story. Each episode touches on universal themes ranging from crazy adventures to overcoming adversity, making a positive impact, changing your life's course, and more important lessons that will help inspire your journey. I'm Zach Horvath, founder of Live a Great Story, and since 2014, I've been on a mission of inspiring and connecting people through stories. What started with some spray-painted street art has now grown into a worldwide movement. We are all on our own journey. No matter where we came from, what language we speak, the color of our skin, or anything that seemingly makes us different, in the end, we are all just humans living our own story. And it's up to you to be the hero of your story, which inspires other people to do the same. This podcast is all about inspiring you and your journey. If you resonate with this episode, please share it with someone who needs some inspiration too. And if you want a reminder to keep living your own great story, head to liveagreatstory.com to buy some inspiring apparel or accessories and for more stories from people just like you. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, Jamie? Welcome to the Live a Great Story podcast. How's it going today? It's great. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. This is kind of a long time coming. We've gone back and forth and been trying to make it work. And then you went on a trip recently and you have a very big life event coming up. And so I'm glad that we could squeeze this in right before. And um, sorry about all of the misspelling of your name. I felt so bad every time. I'm just like, Jamie, spelled every <laughs> single way except for how you actually spell it. So big apologies on that. I'm very used to it. Everybody does. So I accept it. No worries. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. And thanks for coming on here today. Uh, I guess let's kick it off with, uh, do you want to give me a rundown of your story? Yeah. So what I will start with saying, it was never intended to be, you know, this, this story that could be inspiring to anybody. You know, at the time, um, you know, it started out as a child and it became a matter of really self-perseverance. And uh, so when I was in the seventh grade, I lost my father to suicide. And, you know, it was at a time where, unfortunately, it triggered really the downfall of my mother. Um, and, you know, it affected her in such a way that she never quite recovered. And because of that, she was just at a place where I, I guess in some way she chose to not be a parent anymore. And I have, it's myself and I do have a brother and a sister as well. And so and I think at that moment in time, Zach, we all chose how to deal with our father's death in very different ways. And for me, you know, I was around my sister and who was older. I'm the youngest in the family. And, you know, very soon after my sister, while I was in the seventh grade, um, she got me into drugs and, you know, everything that I shouldn't have been. And, you know, I really became a street kid from there. And um, this earbud just does not want to work. You know, from then, it just, everything went downhill from there for me. And I became, you know, I was getting arrested for fighting and everything of that sort. And it wasn't until I was a junior in high school that, you know, through homelessness, really what I would know now is being alone and having nobody um, you know, my mother kicked me out at a young age and raising myself and finally school came and said, you know, if you don't change something, you will not graduate. And while I knew and I'd always been told by my mother that her views of me really as what she viewed as nothing and I would never amount to anything. That was kind of a life triggering moment for me. Very thought provoking is, you know, I had that opportunity to really reflect and say, are you going to become what your mother thought you would and has always told you that you would be? And it wasn't for 
um, really a math teacher that I had in high school and my juvenile probation officer that really inspired me from there. And I went on to graduate with no problem. My first, you know, couple years of college were paid for on scholarships. And it wasn't until I was in a night class in college for uh, criminal justice that I walked in and it was my juvenile probation officer that was actually my professor. And he knew exactly who I was and I knew exactly who he was. And uh, we had a conversation afterwards. And that was very inspiring that somebody was able to see me in a different light um, than what everybody else had before. And, you know, I became a mom at an early age, and then I became a single mother of two children at an early age. And from then, I think for me, it was I got to learn everything from my mother that I didn't want to become. You know, and my mother is no longer around, and, you know, she passed with uh, us. You know, we did not have a relationship. And, you know, she had passed um, only recognizing two of her three children. But that's a decision that she had made, right? And so I had a decision for myself. Either I can become this product of my environment and those circumstances, or I can really change the trajectory for my children. And it great, you know, that really set off, you know, in high school, I always told myself when I was homeless and going through different times, I always told myself, and I didn't know where it came from, but I always told myself, believe in good. And no matter what happened to me, I stood firm on that. And I believed in good because I had been through far worse. And so as my kids grew, and they are grown now, but as they grew, I always told them that no matter the circumstances, you know, I never wanted them to feel any negative impact for me choosing um, to be a single parent. Um, and I worked extra hard to make that so. But no matter what we faced, we faced it together. And I always told them before they even knew what that meant to believe in good. And so they were raised knowing that. And um, I was a firm believer that I had a great responsibility to make as many deposits in the memory banks of my children as I could. I never had those memories like that. And I wanted to do different for my kids. And I truly believed with everything in me that no matter what I was faced with, we have this one life. And I never believed to be a victim of anything. And I, I still this day, I won't be. And I chose to learn from it. And I choose, you know, to be an advocate for uh, suicide awareness. And I've had opportunities to speak at our Capitol here in Oregon for such and work with uh, juveniles and be a part of Seroptimus International to help women and children and really just help others. And, you know, whether my story inspires other, others, wonderful. But it, I think it really speaks to resilience. And we all have those opportunities. And so now my children are grown. And, you know, I've had an op opportunity to grow in my own career and be successful. And most people wouldn't see it as such. I, um, you know, I work in the prison system, but you also have the opportunity to change lives, even within that system and change some of that history and really be a force for good. And, you know, I could have easily been one of those individuals. And, you know, we all have choices, but we all have the opportunity to just let those be chapters. So when I came across Live a Great Story a number of years ago, it really resonated with me because it had so much meaning for me and it went hand in hand with believe in good. And while it was never the intent at that time to be inspiring, who knew that 20 years later, you know, I would be in a very different place and, you know, I would keep moving along every day. So I think um, they have a lot of the same pieces surrounding it that I never knew. And so I've been such a, staunch follower of live a great story ever since because it's very personal to me and so you know i take live a great story with me no matter where i go and now i'm in a new chapter in my life where my children are grown and they're out of the home and now i get to experience it in a very different way and you know to continue to travel and uh, you know we were just in honduras and you know we had a private tour guide there 
his name was Kitchener, and he was a young gentleman, such a humble young man. He was so wonderful. And, um, you know, everywhere I go, I always look to see if there's different lighthouses. And we always climb the lighthouse. That's just one of our things. And um, he said, okay, I'm going to bring you to a lighthouse here. And it might be not the kind of lighthouse you think, but that's what we have. And I said, okay. So he brought me there. And I said, hold on, Kitchener, I need to go to the car. And I need to grab my flag. And he says, well, are you grabbing an American flag? And I said, no, it's a live a great story flag. And he was so interested. And I had to tell him the story. And by the time that we left there, he was just so wonderful. My red live a great story flag is now in Hardin Doors with Kitchener. And um, along with some other live a great story merchandise that I was so grateful to be able to live with, leave with him and to just share the story. And, um, you know, right before that, we were in Cozumel and the same thing happened with our tour guide over there. And um, so, you know, it speaks to the interest of people and especially in different areas where maybe they aren't as fortunate, but you tell them about live a great story and what that really means and how that inspires people to live their own great chapter. How wonderful is that? And that's really what I think life is about. You know, I think I shared with you, I go in for brain surgery in the morning. And, you know, this year has really been, has proved to be a challenging one. You know, I don't think anybody prepares for this. But it's also been a very humbling one. And it's really a great reminder that through the good and bad chapters that we have, they're all chapters and they're all opportunities for growth and learning and to become even better. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen after tomorrow, but I can say with certainty that my cup is just overflowing. And I'm so thrilled to be able to share the live a great story to everybody. You know, I share it to my staff that I supervise at work, you know, and it just what that means. And, you know, not everybody knows my background, but those who do, they know why it's so important to me, you know, and I can, I have a live a great story tattoo on my forearm and also believe in good on my other forearm. And for so many people, you know, that's a, just a thought provoking, you know, moment for folks to just really engage in that conversation. And, you know, what does it mean to you to live a great story? And then you start to hear those stories from that. You know, I leave, you know, stickers wherever I go. It's, you know, merchandise is with me no matter what, you know, place I go to, um, little adventures we seek out. And the people that ask those questions, you know, what is that about? You know, and then to just, you know, have them visit your site, you know, things like that and really have a conversation with them. I think it's uh, such an interesting time that we're in to hear the humbling stories of everybody. You know, I know better than anybody else, but any way that we can help provoke some good joy in the world, I just think how wonderful. And I'm, I'm just thrilled to be able to do it. I'm thrilled to be able to overcome so much in my life. And, you know, I don't see it as being anything great. I just, you know, I just chose to be more at the end of the day, you know, I could have easily been that same person and I just chose more and my children, you know, it meant more for them. I never wanted to be that person that I guess my, you know, that you're never going to become anything. I could have just settled with that. And, you know, that could have easily been so, but I don't think, I don't think I was born to do that, Zach. I really don't. And, um, I am very eager, whatever those chapters, you know, lie ahead, good and bad, bring them on. You know, I think everything that I faced, it's um, a reminder that I have become a very strong person, but also a person that wants to help support everybody and whatever those chapters look like for them. Wow. <laughs> what a, what a journey you've had. Um and you touched on, you know, you, you were like very specifically mentioned all the chapters of your, of, of life and how all like there are so many chapters. And that was exactly what I was thinking while you were talking is like, wow, you've had so many distinct chapters where looking back on, you know, these decisions or experiences or 
growth phases where you know you can see that those were new new chapters. One chapter kind of came to a close, and another one started. And I think that's one of the coolest things is that when you know you could do that for yourself, and you looking back, then you get to do that for other people and see that in other people. And you know when we kind of take a pause and and realize that, then. Uh, I think that's a big part of why Live a Great Story works all across the world is because you start thinking about your chapters and it's a universal idea. It's like, wow, like, yeah, I had that, but so did this guy in Honduras yeah. or, you know, Cozumel or where, or, you know, in the prison system, like yeah. anywhere. It's such a relatable experience, the human experience that we all kind of go through this thing that happens differently for us, but also kind of the same at the same time. Yeah. I, you know, when I was in Honduras with Kitchener, he, one of the things that made him so humble is he truly had nothing, you know, but one of the things that he did speak of is that being kind and honest and true, his grandmother instilled that in him. And he would tell us that why he had nothing and that, you know, everything that he had meant more than money. And he, you know, through the time that we were with him, he shared with us that he only makes about $20 a day out of the tours that he gives. And, um, you know, when I asked him, do you, do you work every week? Do you do a tour every week? He said, Oh no, I wish I did, but no. Um, he said, but that's okay. He has a little girl and a girlfriend that he lives with and he goes, but it's okay. You know, and he really, you know, alluded to the fact that his cup was full even when it was really with nothing, but he was happy. And, you know, for him, that story looks very different, but I couldn't help but to just take notice of what a humble person he was. And for whatever reason that he really just touched my heart when I was there and not knowing if he had tours the rest of the week or anything else, we made sure to, just thinking of $20 a day and you don't know how far that's going to get you. You know, we made sure to leave him a tip that not even just would touch him, but to make sure maybe it made it a little easier for him for a couple of weeks. And because you come across people, I don't think often enough in your life right now that touch us in such a way that leaves such a footprint that, you know, you have the ability to make a difference. And I, you know, I always raise my kids and I would telling them that it only takes one person to change the world. And I truly believe that because I believe that it takes that one person to have that ripple effect and each person inspiring another and helping one another out. Sometimes in the most trying of times, maybe it's through times that I never uh, I needed help myself. You know, I remember I was a young officer in the prison system and it was probably the most trying time of my life. And my I was really struggling, but I knew I just had to get through these years in my career. And, you know, I was going to work hard. And it was during a holiday period. And uh, I didn't know how I would provide a Christmas for my babies, but I was going to get through it. And I remember there was a time I went and checked my mailbox at work and some of the closest staff that I worked with, they had left me a gift card with a note that said, you provide those babies a Christmas, right? And it was such a moving thing where, you know, while I wasn't necessarily, you know, super close, like I would see in best friends, you know, with these folks, we were all close knit in the work that we did and that for them to take time out of their day to help somebody in that way that had two young babies, it was so touching to me. And I vowed ever since then that I would make sure that I gave back every year. And so for many years, I was a director of a giving tree, not only in the community, but for that institution, for any folks that had, you know, were going through struggles during the holiday period. I mean, what better, I just, I love Christmas and what, it's such a magical time, you know, but I know for so many, it could be a very trying time. And to me, there's nothing better to be able to see a smile on a baby's face on Christmas morning. And I vowed to make sure that I gave every bit that I could 
to help others out, right? And I think the bigger picture to that, it helps them in their own story because maybe it's only that one year that they need that help. And down the road, they pay it forward when they get into a better place. That's exactly what happened for me. And I think, and I've just been giving since. And, um, you know, it's really on my heart to do so. And I believe while the child that I had, it would not be something that I would want anybody to go through. I believe I went through it for a reason. And now as I get older, I think time allows some grace for everybody, which I do think everybody, we need to give more of a little grace. But I think that time prepared me for this. And, you know, now it's, there's no kids in the home and I got to be, I get to be an instant grandma to seven grandkids, you know, and now it's like, I get to sit back and go, what a wonderful time in my life. And no matter health stuff, no matter what it is, I feel like it's just getting better. I think when we're younger, we all sit there and go, gosh, well, when I get old and, you know, and Zach, I'm not old, but <laughs> we, we always think at that time when we're younger that this is old, you know, and, and it's not, but time has afforded us so many things. And I think it's afforded healing and it's for, you know, afforded forgiveness and so much grace and growth and so many great chapters and I wouldn't take any of those bad chapters back because it's really triggered who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One of the common themes that comes up in all these podcasts so far, I'm pretty sure about every single one is this idea of generational stories and the passing of stories through different age groups. And mm-hmm. it's just so cool. I kind of started feeling that recently more with like my kind of transitions in life and my family and just, you know, going from 20s to 30s and now like looking at okay probably like a family on the near horizon and things like that and so i've I've probably felt it more than in the beginning of live a great story when you know kind of all of this started from travel and adventure and being out in the world and things like that and that's what live a great story meant to me at the time but now like this idea of yeah generational storytelling and the impact that we can share with the ones below us or be shared with from above us I think it's just such a cool idea that, and it doesn't come through necessarily like when you just see it on a screen. When I, when I, when someone sends me a photo from live a great story or, you know, I get tagged on social media or whatever it is, I don't, that doesn't come across. But then when I hop on and start talking to people, it's one of the most common themes. And, you know, whether it's younger people talking about their parents or older people talking about their kids or, you know, older, older people talking about their grandkids. It's like, like the whole spectrum, you know, and um, it's just such a cool thing that is such a prevalent theme that comes up almost all the time. And to be able to look at that from different parts of life, I think, you know, there's like, the, you talk about those chapters, right? Like there's, there's different chapters where we can see where in that lineage, I think we mm-hmm. are. And um yeah, it's just something that I, I'm really grateful to experience uh, and like be constantly reminded of on all of these calls because it helps me more appreciate like my parents or my grandparents and then also like my sister's son. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, you know, for me growing up, you know, I didn't I don't have any family outside of my children. You know, I don't have. Um, You know, through the problems that my mother experienced after my dad's death, you know, she stopped that communication with the extended family. And so, you know, at that young age, it bled over to us as well. And so I have went through this life with no family. And um, but the thing is, I didn't know any different. I knew it was wrong. I knew it shouldn't be this way. And it wasn't until after my mother's passing 
that I had an uncle reach out to me. And surprisingly enough, it was with an apology. And it was, I'm sorry. I knew of what was happening at the home during those times, and I should have did something. And I'm sorry. And it was really, you know, quick to say, no apology needed. Look where I am now. And it was so interesting that that time in reaching out, um, that was the first time I had spoken to my uncles since the last time that he saw me, which I was a teenager and getting arrested. And so many years had passed. And now all of a sudden, he got to see that I wasn't the drug addict that my mom portrayed me to be. I wasn't this terrible person. I was doing okay. It was okay to go through those things and learn. And I came out on the other end. And so I didn't need that apology. It was nice to know that somebody at least knew what was happening, Um, whether they you know, they took action on it or not. They at least said, we know what you were going through. But now it was like, you know, now, you know, my spouse, he has a humongous family, you know, and it's interesting to see the different dynamics and how people really look at family. Whereas, you know, I think family is what you create. And some of that isn't all about blood. And I had to know that if I wanted to experience family outside of my children. Some of my biggest supporters in my life have nothing to do with blood relations, you know, but you quickly learn that that truly is my family. You know, they have supported me through, through it all, the good and the bad. And like myself, they knew I was something more. I just had to get there. And I had to learn through it. And to this day, they're my biggest supporters. I, you know, I have so many messages, you know, that I've been receiving today, knowing that the surgery's tomorrow. And they are there for me from all over, you know. That's my true family. I think like the the change of like you're going like going back to high school and then mm-hmm. the the professors and everything. Yeah. And then you're saying like you always what was the phrase that you had choose good? Is that what it was? Believe in good. Believe in good. Yeah. Yeah. Um and where do you like so I, I guess like because a lot of people it's really hard to change your momentum. So you have momentum going in a certain direction and it's sometimes or you know can be really not the direction that you're like the, the, what you want, right. You're like maybe stuck in a group of friends or stuck in a job or stuck in a health situation or something like that. And people are like, I want to, I want to make a different, I want to make a change. I want to go in a different direction, but they don't, or they don't know what to do or, or how to do it. And where do you think that like, that happened for you and and you kind of always seemingly having this kind of feeling that that was necessary um, and maybe like being blocked and then finally like I'm doing it. Yeah. How does that, how do you look back on that? Yeah. And I, well, I think the turning point started to be for me when I knew there was a possibility that I may not graduate high school and just hearing that it was very, a stop and you need to think about this one. This is very thought provoking. And, you know, cause I, without a doubt, I was hanging out with the wrong crew. I was doing the wrong things. Like what I was doing was not working for me, but I think it was, it was getting me by. I had this street family at the time. I had nobody else. You know, there was times I didn't have a place to sleep. I was, it was what I knew at the moment. And I had nobody to help me out along the way. And I was, there was a part of me, I lived in a small town. It was embarrassing as well, right, to, for anybody to know what was really happening. Even prior, you know, between my dad's death and, you know, me getting kicked out of my home and things like that, what was really happening behind closed doors? It was something that, you know, you didn't speak about, you know, even prior to my dad's death there was a lot of abuse in the home and not by, I was never physically abused. I was not, uh, but I did see abuse happen in the home at the hands of my father. Um, But, you know, that was just one of those things you don't speak about, you know, it was never 
okay to talk about. And um, so I had all these conversations with my math teacher who, for the first time, there was somebody that believed in me and knew that I wasn't making the right choices. But she hung on and we had always talk. And it was always like, well, Jamie, maybe you can come in here and you can be like, I don't recall what they called it at that time, but like a support you know, staff to her, a student that would help do various things in elective class, you know, and you could be this person for me. And, you know, and I did. And what it did was have these conversations with her about, you need to think about what you want to do with your life. You know, what was in my mindset? What was I thinking about? And it kind of started brewing that I did want to become more. I, I did not want to be that person that my mother felt that I was. And I knew I wasn't. I always said, like, yes, in my young younger days, I was doing drugs. I was fighting. I was getting arrested. I was doing all those things. But I was never a liar. And I was never, you know, um, and I knew I was not a bad person. I knew those things of me. And I just had to go through this moment. And so I always told myself, like, I knew in, even my worst trying times, I believed in good. And I knew, I don't know exactly where that stemmed from, but I, I recall it was in my most trying of times that I, that became kind of my motto for everything I did, because I knew there would be a whole lot more to come that I would be faced with, you know, and I got married at a young age and looking back on it now, I knew I wasn't getting married for love. I was getting married for what I believed at the time was a close friend of mine who knew some of the things that some of my, not my worst, but knew me in some of my bad times and still accepted me. And I knew he would try to protect me and he was moving away and he ended up getting, um, he actually got into some trouble and he went into the Marine Corps and it was going to take him to Hawaii. And I believed that that, like this one person I had in my life was leaving. And I made the choice to get married to him. And I knew at that time I shouldn't have, but I did. And I can't go back on those decisions. But then, you know, and here stems a daughter while I live in Hawaii. And he was everything I knew that shouldn't be, right? I felt like I was reliving this tumultuous time that I experienced in growing up and I knew I wouldn't have that for my kids. And I knew when he got out of the Marine Corps, we were ultimately going to come back and I would be getting a divorce. He became everything I could not have kids around. So that was another chapter that was very trying and just preparing myself for that. And then to become, you know, a single mom, and don't get me wrong, my motherhood has been the best job I've ever had in my life. And being a single mom, especially in the career that I chose, the most trying thing, I raised babies through the prison system, you know, um, and uh, it's been an interesting one, you know, and I and I've never shielded my kids from a lot of things. I want them to know the good and the bad because they're going to make some of those good and the bad along the way. And, um, but I want them to learn from it and I want them to have those chapters as well. And I think a great testament to that was, you know, they, my children have always known about believing good. And it wasn't until my daughter turned 18 and she said, mom, I want to get a tattoo for my birthday. And I thought, oh Lord, here we go. Right. It all starts. And, and uh, she said, well, I want you to get one with me. And I said, oh no, I'm not doing that. Kaylee. I'm not getting an 18 year old tattoo. Right. And she said, no, I think you'll be all right with it. And I said, well, okay, well, what is it? And she said, well, I know where I want it. I know what font, the whole deal, you know, and I said, okay, what is it? And she said, believe in good. And it has been a, such a profound statement in my family's life since they, before they could even speak. And it's meant so much to me because it, it got me through and I knew I would be okay. And, um, you know, at times I can communicate with some of my friends that live in other states and such. And they will even take on the believe in good sentiment that has meant so much to me. And they know it does. And now that goes hand in hand with live a great story. And that's where I can proudly share them both on my forums and 
because, and those are some of the very few tattoos that I have. And those are probably the only ones that I, that I will live the rest of my days with. But the most important of all, because they have the ability to spark that conversation and inspire somebody else to be wonderful. And what do those chapters look like to them? I want adventure. I want, you know, conversation. I want to help others. But it all started by being on my own and raising myself. Who would have thought? You know, and just that one thing, you have the ability to do so much. And um, if living under a bridge at times sparked that in me, then so be it. I don't regret it a bit. It made me absolutely who I am. And now I get to, you know, share it with everybody and live some great adventures along the way. And who knows what's to come. But I'm going to be, you know, forced to say that it's going to be fabulous, you know, and um, beautiful things can come through the process of struggle. And I think uh, I'm living that every day. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you, that, that math teacher made that impact. And my girlfriend's a teacher and career educator. And so she talks a lot about this, where she could see something in a kid mm -hmm. and they're messing up, they're causing trouble, they're, you know, loud. And, and she's like, no, like those are the people that they're bored. They need more. They're, you know, you gotta, you gotta treat them a little bit different. And mm -hmm. so she's told lots of stories of those kids. She's like, you know, this is your assignment. Now you're going to like, make sure that you outline this, you know, for everybody else. And you're going to be the leader in this and you just give them a little bit of responsibility yeah. or a little bit of guidance. And it totally changes their, you know, demeanor and, you know, huge shout out to the teachers. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah. Now, mind you, I was terrible at math. All right. I was not a good math student. I really wasn't, <laughs> but we had those other conversations and she actually believed in me and it was pretty neat. I, it was about, I want to say about four years ago now, I had an opportunity to meet up with her and go have lunch with her and actually sit down across the table for her from her and tell Miss Jones what she meant to me. And that woman will remain in my mind for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, we touch base on social media here and there, but she really changed my life. And, um, you never think at the time a juvenile probation officer would be anything you are inspired by. I couldn't stand the man at the time. And, um, you know, I didn't understand why he was doing what he was doing or why I had to go through all these things. But he changed that for me. And he is uh, one of the sole reasons why I even looked to go into the career field that I am in now. And so we take those lessons along the way. And they absolutely shaped who I am in every facet. And so they, I am forever grateful to them, along with my family, that have always supported me. And even in the darkest of days, they believed in me. And that was enough. That's so cool. Y'all got to meet up. Yeah, it was really neat. It was so neat. Uh, I never thought that it would happen. And uh, we met up at a Chinese restaurant. It was about 10 minutes away from here. and. Um, the same Miss Jones that I always remembered. And uh, she's just as wonderful. So I've, I mean, I think most people have had a teacher that has made a big impact on them. And I had an eighth grade teacher, uh, Coach Salmon. And, you know, he made a big impact on me uh, and was just like a really cool guy. And, you know, not necessarily like a friend, but like he was a little mm -hmm. bit strict, but was was still cool, right? Like he, he wasn't, you, you re, I respected him. And a couple of years ago, or like last year, he took a photo of a live a great story that I put out on like kind of some street art in here in Austin and took a photo of it. He saw it, took a photo of it and shared it to Facebook and was like, you know, I don't often like whatever he said, it was really amazing. He's like, I don't, you know, a lot of my kids do really cool things and go on, but you know, and, and he's like, I, it's so cool to, to look back on these students now. And that was eighth grade. So that was like 15 years ago yeah. or something. Yeah. And, and for when he posted that photo, it was, I just, 
I, I just broke down crying. Amazing. I was like, wow. It was so in, emotional to me because I just, I don't ever, I don't really go on Facebook and I just happened beyond, wasn't, you know, it was just, and I just lost it. Yeah. And it was such a, you know, I got goosebumps now just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so shout out to the teachers yeah. and the the people that make those absolutely you know, impacts on us yeah. and, and oftentimes go unrecognized and uh, yeah. or don't get the praise that they need. It's so true. So true in every way. I think, you know, Miss Jones was either one of those students back then that you either loved or hated. You know, she was not easy on you in any capacity. Uh, and now I see on social media, uh, there's so many students on there that I went to school with, so many folks that now... I mean, just seeing her praises, she was so hard on us. And, you know, looking back, she said some of the most, what some would see as the most inappropriate things to us. And it was like this phrase that we always remembered. And I see it so many times. Some of my old school friends would say, she always used to tell us um, to go play on the freeway. <laughs> and and uh, we never forgot that. But she had the hugest heart, you know, she really did. And mind you, we lived in a small little town, you know, and, um, there was no freeway, but she would surely tell us that. And, um, but we loved her. And, but there, yeah, there's that group that completely couldn't stand her. Uh, and it probably had more to do with the math than anything. I at least know that was true to me. But as you talk to her and have these conversations, you learned a very different side of her and um, just love the woman. Uh, but I think you're right, Zach. But I think there's also the piece for you, like, I don't know if when you set out with Live a Great Story, I mean, did you really think it was going to be this big and so inspiring to so many people? I think we hope it. But now look at it. I mean, it's just, it's huge. And it's really touched the lives of so many people, not even just touched us in our hearts, but it sparked kind of a fire amongst everybody to be more, maybe even be more adventurous, right? To where maybe some folks weren't. And now it's getting folks out to really live what that chapter is. And maybe, uh, you know, each individual is creating their own story, but it's something that you triggered by just one statement. And I think it's so profound. And I think I, you know, I always talk even before this conversation, I always talk like, oh, Zach and whatever. But like, I knew you, like we'd known each other forever. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's just. You know, like he's my brother from Austin, you know, and I always told my spouse that the next time his family's from San Antonio. And so I always say the next time we're in Texas, we need to go to Austin. And that's for sure on the bucket. And he knows it. Everywhere we go, it's like, oh, do you have, you know, your flags? Do you have your stickers? I mean, he's so used to it. And, um, you know, it's just become a part of folks' families that you've become. And so kudos to you. I love you and you don't even know it, but you touch our hearts and um, it really inspires people to be more. And so you should be proud of yourself. I really do believe that. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, I most definitely did not see this being what it has become, not even a little bit and still don't see it like as what is becoming it's it's such a wild thing and i'm constantly just i always feel like i'm just a part of it as well mm -hmm. so there's obviously the element where i run live a great story but a big way that i feel about it is just like i'm an ambassador or just like you know i take stuff on trips like i'm 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 in the crowd with everybody else yeah. and so it's a really cool feeling to feel that way and it just, uh, it's cool because there's kind of an energy of its own and it does what it needs to do and just kind of a wave that picks people up and takes them where they need to go. And I feel like I'm just riding that wave too. Uh, but you stirred that wave and you really got it going. And it means so much to a lot of people that I don't even know how you measure it. I mean, a sticker, a flag, I don't think it's, the proper measure for it because it means so much more to different folks. And I can only speak from my experience or even, you know, the Kitcheners of the world in Honduras that just to see him smile when he heard about it. And I have to check this out. And then how he was, you know, I made sure to leave some stickers with him and my red flag. So I had to order a new one. Um, but to see that smile, 
from people just to hear about it, you know, and maybe he, that will spark something in him. You never know. And just to continue to spread that word everywhere you go. I just, how wonderful is that? And that's, I think, an added piece to how we continue to change this world. So thank mm. you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's how it's spread. I mean, it's people like you who, live it, love it, take it out, spread, you know, that's why I was it's like spread the inspiration because when you put on a live a great story shirt or have a sticker or a flag or whatever that is, and you go out into the world, like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just does. It does what it needs to for the people at the right time. And so it's thanks to so many, so many people who, you know, interpret it in their own way. And then, share it and spread it and yeah. gift it and live it. And it just creates this really amazing ripple effect. So very true. So very true. And I'm glad to be a part of it. And I, I want to continue to have those conversations with you to brainstorm how I can help assist further in that. And maybe it's a, to continue to inspire those people that are already living a great story, or maybe it's to really help others really get on, you know, on board with the message or whatever that is. I hope to continue to share the message myself, but really brainstorm some ideas with you. You know, I messaged you about in the past, but how to continue that and really to give back and to folks that maybe different situations don't allow them to um, maybe get out to those adventures that they necessarily hope to, or, you know, whatever that may be for somebody um, in different scenarios. I don't know, but I do feel that, um, you know, it weighs on my heart that I, I do want to assist you and su continue to support the good word um, of live a great story in whatever way that I can. I feel that I've been very blessed in my own story and where I came from. And um, I, I could only hope that folks could feel the joy that I have and to be at such peace. I mean, no matter what happens tomorrow, I am so overjoyed and blessed with the, you know, the experiences I've had of live a great story, how I've overcome my own story, you know, and who I've become because of it. And I think everybody should be afforded a, even a little glimpse of it and that joy and that hope and that feeling that there can be more. Because um, it only takes that little spark to ignite a drive in somebody to that can change their whole life. And I just think, how wonderful is that? And at the end of the day, we believe in good. Mm, Got to believe in good. <laughs> yeah, what do you see as, when you thought of this and you reached out to me about this idea, mm -hmm. what, what, what was the vision or... Yeah at least the inspiration of it. And what did you, what did you think? Well, I, so I give to various charities every year and there's times every year I kind of take a look back. Do I want to continue this charity? Do I, you know, um, I give to uh, most of the things that I give to involve definitely involve children. And, but I always look for different things and what is really inspiring to me uh, what's important to me, and then how can I help in any way and make a difference? And some of those things, and we're not talking huge amounts of money, you know, but I do make sure that I am giving back in some capacity every year to many different places. I just lost the earbud. And so one night, um, through all these health issues, I've had a lot of problems with sleeping. <laughs> and um, one night I woke up to this thought of what if we can help others with live a great story even more? And maybe that was, maybe that's, you know, these yearly donations to live a great story. Maybe that equates to a quarterly donation, a monthly donation. I don't know. Maybe it's one lump sum of donation every year. I don't know what that would be, but I would like to help support others as many as we could, uh, help push them along in their own great story, whatever that is. And it's going to be different for everybody. I recognize that. 
But I know as a struggling single mom of babies, and that's what I was thinking of at the time, I know how hard it was for me at one point in time to even just think about how I was going to get gas or feed those babies for the rest of the month at one point in time. And so the last thing that I was thinking about at those times was going on a road trip with my kids, which became a yearly thing for us. But there was a place that I, no way would I be able to do that. And, um, you know, so it was really at the thought of what if I can help give a little something to somebody, whether, you know, and maybe it's by way of purchasing some Live a Great Story merchandise for them to help get them moving along in their journey. I don't know. But I do think that we, I at least feel like I have a responsibility to help out and get people that really want to share the message that maybe can't, I don't know, or that are already on board, help them even further along. What's that next adventure for them, right? And maybe it's something completely off the beaten path. Maybe it's, you know, something very new to them that they've never tried. Um, you know, the last couple of years, it's always been about new adventures and new places and, you know, making sure we hit every lighthouse. I want to see those. I want to climb those stairs, right? No matter what it is. But, and for some, they'd go, what in the world is this woman crazy? But we're living life and we have this one life and it can be taken from us at any opportunity. And I want as much adventure as I can and to share that word. And so why don't I help others along the way? You know, and so that's what it really stemmed from is like, what if I just I gave a, you know, a particular amount every quarter, you know, whether it be, you know, is, does Zach figure out how he wants to do that? If he's interested in doing that, would it be by way of merchandise? Um, I don't know. So that's the thought. So I don't know. I just feel like there's something more that I can do to help. And I'm happy to have those conversations, see what that would be like. Yeah. One thing I'm focused on in the new year is amplifying stories, which is why this podcast is happening and tons more storytelling is really ramping up. And so there's the amplification of stories and sharing really inspiring stories and helping those stories get out there so that they inspire more people. And then there's also like the actual helping of people to live better stories and whether that's that can that can look like a whole bunch of things at the moment mm -hmm. so i'm kind of exploring on what that looks like i think there's an element of giving back to people in the community who are doing really amazing work so yeah. we have a lot of inspiring you know like seemingly everyday people, normal people who make a huge impact in their community yeah. doing amazing work. And so whether it's helping them do even better work or, you know, running things through Live a Great Story and finding other people to help them. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of stuff and I've tried a lot of different things over the years and, and, you know, some things, nothing has really stuck permanently, but somewhere, um, the, the impact side and the give back side of live a great story is something that I'm like always continually figuring out. And so, um, it, when you messaged me, it came at a right, at the right time where I was considering what does this look like for 2023? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to keep talking about it. And I think there's a lot of, you know, there's some cool things that are happening. Um, I'm always like ideas. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's stuff. so many opportunities, you know, to have those conversations about, because I've also thought too, and you're right. There's so many great things happening in the communities that to recognize those, to really share those stories. And then I also thought too, you know, you, even on the live a great story, you have even the gift cards, right. And to, uh, maybe seek out some of those stories locally here and to get folks, you know, by way of even a gift card to get them involved in that piece and sharing uh, the live a great story uh, part of it and to really start having those conversations. But there's so many great things happening that I think get lost in that, you know, the commotion and the chaos of the things that are happening every day as well. You know, just like we speak about the teachers, you know, I, 
There's so many great, wonderful public servants that they do so much work and it's overshadowed by the not so good things. And so I, th- I just think there's great opportunities there that we can, you know, really hit home in our communities and do so much more and thus just triggering this wave of live a great story and the continuation of that good word. Very cool. I think we can come up with some awesome. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> absolutely. Very good. Be triggering some ideas, Zach. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like my my mind just. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we could keep going on and on, and most likely we'll come back and revisit this idea in in the coming year at some point, and uh, kind of elaborate here to continue this story. But you know, I definitely appreciate you coming on here and squeezing this in uh, last minute. So I'm really grateful to do this and to connect and just really grateful for your story and just, yeah, I can't wait to share this and get this out there because, you know, you're, you've, you've lived quite a few chapters and have been where a lot of people are in, in various ways. And I think that's one of the best ways is to, our best ways to reach people and to be heard is to be like, I've, I've been there, you know, I've, yeah. I've gone through it and here's how I changed. Here's how I did something different and here's where I am now and here's where I want to help. Yeah. And so, yeah, Jamie, this has been super cool and I, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Zach. I'm sure we'll have more conversations and, you know, I'm just starting a new chapter tomorrow too. So, you know, more things to come and, um, you know, our past doesn't have to define us. And so uh, I look forward to whatever comes next, even in our relationship. So thank you. Do you want to touch on what's coming up tomorrow or do you want to hold off on that? Yeah. So, uh, well, so last year I started having a lot of issues going on that I do like I wasn't sick. I just knew something was off and um, I had to start getting some brain scans and um So one of the things that we're tackling tomorrow, I have a very large aneurysm uh, that's causing some problems on where it's located at. And they have determined if it was to rupture, I would not live through it. And um, because, you know, I'm fairly young and I want to continue living a great story, um, we need to deal with this. And so I am going in for brain surgery in the morning to take care of this item and a couple other things that are going on in there. And it'll be something I'll have to, you know, um, watch forever on some areas that uh, there's other items going on. But it's given me the ability for my kids to know that they need to get screened, um, you know, and some preventative measures that who would have thought, you know, um, there's a familial tie in there on some things. And um, so I I learned about it before, um, you know, it got very severe where the problems worsened. And uh, so I will be going in for that. And I'll, I'll stay in the hospital for up to five days or so if all goes well. And, um, you know, for the first time in 40 years, I'll have a babysitter um, 24 hours a day. But, you know, we'll get through it. So it's a new chapter. And, you know, I don't know what that holds yet. I, I don't think you ever, you know, plan something like this or can prepare you know, adequately for it. Um, I don't even know what's to come. I'm completely terrified, but I'm also optimistic that we'll get through it. And, you know, I'll just be as spunky as I am any other day. (laughs) I'm definitely going to wake up tomorrow morning and send a lot of love your way and healing and hopefully everything goes great. And you're going to wrap up 2022 and be starting the new year super fresh and uh we'll be we'll be hopping on yeah. back here for another call very near in the future i hope so i'm thinking the same <laughs> so. i'm looking forward to it thank you so much zach i appreciate you and the work that you're doing Thanks, thank you thank you